are listening to episode number 13 of The Love Noteworthy Show. Welcome to The Love Noteworthy Show, the guide to leading your life with passion, purpose, perspective, and prosperity. Each week, we feature entrepreneurs, influencers, game changers, and change makers who provide powerful strategies for creating a remarkable first impression that leaves a lasting impact in your business, career, community, and personal life. So come join us as we transform your mindset and teach you the lessons you want and need to become Love Noteworthy. Welcome back, lovers, to another episode of the Love Noteworthy Show. My name is Reese, and today, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk a little astrology with you. So my girlfriend, Alice, and I have been talking a lot about how Mercury is currently in retrograde. And what that means is that if you look up in the sky, it looks as though it is moving backwards. And this is incorrect. Of course, planets do not move backwards in the solar system, but um, it's kind of an optical illusion. And these periods of time tend to happen three to four times a year. And in looking at astrology, Mercury is the planet of communication. And so while it's in retrograde, it tends to breed a certain level of confusion with people. So Mercury rules our lower mind and how we perceive and interpret information that we receive from our environment and how we relay that information to others. And so looking at it in retrograde, it really affects things such as speaking, negotiating, buying and selling, listening, creating formal contracts, looking at documents, travel, mailing and shipping, et cetera, et cetera. And all of these areas of are super affected and decision-making is challenged during Mercury's retrograde. So needless to say, it is not advised to be signing major contracts, engaging in important decision-making, launching a new business, or even getting into a new relationship. Um, All of these delays and challenges are more probable while it's in retrograde. So during this period of time between October 4th and the 22nd is a time when being careless with money or personal information or paperwork can end up being very costly in our future. So what people suggest is that There isn't necessarily a reason to suspend projects or anything that's happening, but it's not ideal to start new ones. So just be wary of all of the things that you have going on right now. I've definitely felt affected by this. I have a ton of projects that are kind of in flux at the moment, and it's driving me a little bit crazy, I'm not going to lie. I just am looking for some consistency, and I know it will all come to fruition very quickly, but... In the meantime, it's been very much so a growing pains time in my life. Anyways, speaking of just creating consistency and really honing in on what you should be focusing on, today's episode is all about finding your niche. And this is absolutely integral for you to really be able to hone in on what your passion is, how you can really optimize your time and spend it on doing something that you continue to love and creating it into a business. And so we will be talking to... Florence and Jessica, and they are the founders of Fuzz Wax Bar, and that's located in Toronto. They have two locations. The episode that we'll be listening to today was recorded a little while ago now, so both of their locations are open and well and just absolutely crushing it in the Toronto markets. So please check out this episode. We talk all about how they met, how they do business together as friends, as well as tips and tricks for really honing in on your niche and ensuring that you are the top of your industry. So without further ado, here's episode number 13 with Florence
be here with uh, the lovely Jessica and Florence, who are the founders of Fuzz Wax Bar. And so they have um, two locations in Toronto. I would believe their first location, which opened in 2012, is on Queen Street West. Um, and then their second location that's in the annex on Bloor Street, Bloor Street. How do you say that? Okay. Okay, sweet. <laughs> Unfortunately, I haven't been to Toronto ever. So um, when I do go there, I'm definitely going to try you guys out. But um, until that time, uh, how are you guys doing today? We're good. Yeah. We're super thrilled to be a part of this. Thank you for having us for stuff. Yeah, I'm very, very happy that Natalie connected us. Um, I think today we're going to talk a little bit about how you started up your business and what's next for you. Um, and most importantly, sort of about uh, starting up a business in a niche market in Canada, which I think a lot of our viewers are always interested in finding out more about, regardless of what industry it's in. So um, before we get going with that, I know that you have like a fairly unconventional business concept, but you also came together uh, unconventionally yourself. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you guys first met? So Flo and I actually both live, um, so you said that you're not too familiar with Toronto? No, no, no. Um, so we have our wax bar on Queen West. Flo and I both live in Queen East. So oh, we're in okay. the neighborhood, conveniently enough. Nice. So we're both um, shopping at a vintage store, a local vintage store here. And I happened to ask Flo her thoughts on a sweater that I think was like $4. I don't even <laughs> know what I'm contemplating. It's cheap. Um, and then she told me that she actually just moved to Toronto about a week prior to us meeting. And I asked if I could show her around the city, take her for a coffee, and uh Help the new girl out, I guess. Oh, that's so nice. So when did you move to Toronto? Uh, three years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so it was kind of love at first sweater, I suppose, with you two. We always, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about how your relationship progressed and then sort of how you started Fuzz Wax Bar. Yeah, so Flo, like I said, I invited her out for a coffee and, and we chatted from there and then we started talking a lot more and our, our meetings became Life. a lot more regular and yeah. we we're chatting about, you know, girl stuff, the yeah. fun stuff, <laughs> yeah, the daily prep, I guess. Yeah. And we were talking about waxing one day and Flo was actually, you can go ahead, you were looking for yeah. a place to get a wax. Yeah, I couldn't find anywhere to get a wax that was something like I knew from France, where I'm from, uh, which is really easy. There's centers, you can get a wax for cheap and quick and no, no need for appointment and I was really like upset and surprised that there was nothing like this here um so I started talking about the concept with Jesse and she didn't know about it um and then we started digging a bit more into it and look in the states saw that there's a bunch of stuff like that already happening there's a couple in Vancouver uh and we're like well that would be a really great idea for a business um mm -hmm. and then we kept saying that and then at some point it became like an actual idea for a business so that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. So I know there's a lot of salons, um, like all across Canada, of course, and they offer multiple services. So not just waxing, but the thing is, is that it's pretty expensive and it like takes a long time and who wants to be sitting in the room for like 45 minutes getting that's your special parts waxed. So that's what baffled me the most is like, I got a Brazilian for like maybe 65 bucks for 45 minutes and I had yeah. to book like a week before. Like in Toronto. In Toronto, Toronto, yeah. And it's like, this is not the way that it should be done. There's other ways <laughs> to know about. Yeah. So yeah. leading into that, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the Fuzz Wax Bar concept? Like, tell us all about the business um, and maybe a little bit of how it started up in the first kind of stages or the first six months of you kind of putting the whole concept together. 
Yeah, so Fuzz Wax Bar is a salon solely dedicated to waxing for ladies and gents. So with that being said, our what we wanted to create was a fast and affordable and efficient place where people can just sort of step in and sort of walk out without having to book their appointments necessarily around their estheticians. They can just go when it's mm-hmm. Them. So trying to conv- also create the ultimate convenient waxing experience. So not so much just affordability um, and convenience, but just right now, basically when we're doing our market research, because Flo and I both, we don't have any business background, okay. or, background. or um, and we're both not estheticians. So this was a very new, <laughs> when we say new adventure, the entire thing was very new to us. So our, res- our market research did l- so much for us. And throughout that market research, we learned that a lot of the women in Toronto are booking their appointments around their specific estheticians. So they wouldn't go for a wax if their, their esthetician wasn't available. They would hold off. Yeah, because it's like a personal relationship you're building essentially, right? Because you're getting really intimate areas waxed. So. <laughs> but at Fuzz Wax Bar, we try to change that a little bit. So waxing, all of our girls do one thing and they do it really, really well. Mm-hmm. There, sometimes we do sometimes up to 30, 35 Brazilians a day, minimum. Whoa. So our girls, you're, yeah, like, so we wanted to create somewhere where a girl can walk in and be, feel confident to know that although she might not have a personal relationship with this person, she knows that she's a professional and she knows what she's doing. Yeah. So a lot of people I've interviewed, it's a lot about customer service, right? And just building that rapport with your customers, um, which I guess we can talk a little bit about later with your uh, membership program that you've started. But why don't you, um, you said that you didn't really have backgrounds in both waxing or business. So what did you, did you guys go to school or what did you study or what were you doing before you started your business? Uh, I actually have a master's in film and television. Oh, no way. (laughs) that <laughs> yeah we're pretty random and yeah. myself I was in event planning so it's also has nothing to do with this yeah stuff. which is what led us to sit down a lot at coffee shops and talk about business ideas is because we had time on our hand we we're freelance mm-hmm. uh, and so we were going from projects to projects so that gave us time to do that and to actually start researching we didn't stop working right away we did a lot like eight months of market research before we opened fuzz so it, we like, were, it started out with an hour together and yeah. we just sort of talked about it one hour became two hours and then it became like a full day in a coffee shop, sort of like mm. doing our market research and working hard together to like create this brand that we still, we weren't sure if it would really become a reality. Yeah. But then got so far in six, eight months later, we had this, we have created this fabulous brand buzz and we're like, well, we're kind of too far. We got to go ahead with it. So we're <laughs> excited when you devote that much time and we learned so much again for our market research. So it became really real. So we stopped working on our other jobs. We let that concentrated go. On, yeah. on that completely. But still, like, that must be terrifying just to fully commit and, like, let your regular yeah. income go and just, I yeah. don't know, invest in starting your own business, hey? I think we were so damn confident about this that it wasn't that <laughs> terrifying. It was it was scary, but in another way, it was, we were very, very sure that this was going to be something big. Okay. Uh, we don't know where it came from. We just, we just knew it was going to work. Like Flo briefly mentioned before, it was a concept that was all over the states and growing rapidly. Like they're they're all over the states. They were all over Europe, and I guess it was that need to fill something that's not here. Like find yeah. a need, it, and mm-hmm. we could relate so closely to this because I think every girl can actually relate to that back door and like a nail salon experience where like you just go in, get it done quick, and like she closes the the sketchy curtain. <laughs> that's where our relationship was when she was mm-hmm. looking for a wax, and I didn't really know. I've lived in Toronto my whole life, and I still couldn't tell her a decent place to go that I that were up to my standards. So we were like, that's weird. I've lived here forever and why can't I refer you somewhere? So let's talk about this a little bit yeah. more. We'll need it. Yeah. yeah. 
That's very smart. So I've definitely find in Canada, we're like late adopters of a lot of businesses, whether it be service based or just like technology and especially on the West Coast. Um, but that's really cool that you're able to kind of identify a niche and then just really go after it after doing your research. But again, a lot of the people that I've interviewed in the past, like definitely stress how important it is to do your market research before committing to starting a project, right? Yeah, so it's number one when you want to open a business is knowing your competition, knowing your market, knowing what you can afford, where you're going to put the money. Um, and also branding for us was extremely important. Most of the time was built on, not only did we want to be Toronto's first wax bar, but we wanted to come out with a really great brand that would allow us to expand and sort of grow. Okay. So was it, was it difficult for you to really focus and hone in on this original vision or did you have like other ideas for businesses you wanted to start or was it always a wax bar? It was always a wax bar. Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah, it hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, we, we obviously got our inspiration from already existing wax bars abroad. And then, of course, mm. uh, people like Blow Bars, the leaders in the industry that actually started this niche concept of doing one thing and doing it really, really well. And then there was the nail bars and the lash bars and the, extent, the hair mm. extension. And we sort of saw this growth mm. while we were creating our brand. So it was getting us really excited. So you can imagine we're creating a new concept, but along with us doing that are other bars popping up. So we're like, Oh, this is going to be good. So we were like, our fingers were crossed the whole time that another wax bar wouldn't open up. We thought it was just like, it was just time. Like there was going to be another wax bar. And then after we opened, um, several popped up in the city. So we were like months after, like, yeah, really too bad. We can't patent this. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But, um, so yeah, right after we opened up, there was, I think it was, it's good to be the leaders in a really, really niche industry as well. So mm-hmm. got that title of first and we're pretty excited about it. But it's really rare to have, um, to be able to think of a concept that doesn't exist somewhere. That's why to your question, do we think about it, doing anything else? No, because it's, yeah, again, that's really, really rare. So why not jump on that and stay on that? So what were some of the, like, what would you say was the most challenging part of starting it in terms of just lack of knowledge on actual like waxing processes, how to hire people, how to design a space, how to put together your brand? It's really hard. We get that question yeah. a lot and it's kind of hard. It's somehow a hard question for Flo because the process to creating Fuzz was a lot easier yeah. than we would have expected. Um, okay. Everything's happened really like in increments, like in steps. And I, I think like it came to a point where it sort of all fell together like this. Yeah. And that's what they say in business that we learn. Like once you get so far, it just sort of comes together. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah meant to be it happens right and it's research like if you ask the right question the right questions to the right people you'll find the right answers it's just uh i think what was the most difficult for us was financial yeah that was uh, that was our number one worry and the rest of it just sort of came out of our heads like easy i guess <laughs> after again after eight months of like thinking about it you make it happen somehow yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think it's really cool. It's definitely a great message that I want to stress to our audience is that if you have enough like undying passion for whatever your craft is, like it will happen because ultimately like your positive energy is going to feed other people to find you the right resources you need to start up that business, right? It makes people believe in what you do. So they're more happy to give you some money. Yeah, well... (laughs) more inclined to help yeah. anyway, whether it's financially or just giving their basic opinion and feedback on your product and what mm-hmm. you're going to be selling. We got that a lot. We found that when we sat down in front of people, this was a new concept. So we had to sell, sell it a little bit. Yeah. Flo and I, because it's like, what's a wax bar? That We had to answer that. And 
we got told so many times that it was our passion and people are like, I don't know what you're talking about, but your passion is speaking like loads. So yeah. I'm super excited about it. And they, <laughs> they felt, they actually did want to yeah, help us true. because we were so excited for yeah. about the concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if it's just a Canadian thing, but again, I've definitely found on the West coast, like if you make the ask to people, they're usually willing to help you. It's just kind of building up the courage and finding the right connection or way to get through to them to really like show your passion and, it's amazing what like other businesses will do if you ask for their yeah. help. And it's also like, looking at solutions for going the cheaper way. Like we, we didn't have money, so we didn't spend money. Like it's, there's always, you can create your business without having to spend a million dollars on it. Yeah. But I think the key thing is, is that you still need to make sure that you're really like precise with your brand. Right. And like, obviously you guys have done a really good job with building your brand um, from a marketing perspective, as well as a business perspective, but didn't have to sacrifice millions of dollars to do that, yeah. right? So kudos to you. <laughs> um, speaking of marketing, why don't we talk a little bit about um, sort of marketing to your niche? Like when you first kind of opened the doors to your first store, um, what sort of marketing tactics did you use to promote the fact that you're opening? Well, the main the main marketing drive for us when opening would be the fact that we are Toronto's first wax bar. So that worked okay. As well as we thought it would be. Everybody loves a new concept. They want to be a part of it. They want to be involved. Mm-hmm. So that created its own really great buzz. Yeah. And we knew that um, it was actually, it was a guess, just like we thought this entire business model was. But we thought, okay, this must work in our in our favor. And it did. People, well, and I remember the first day we opened the door, a new concept in Toronto, and we got our first client, and we're like, we like, mm-hmm. nudge- oh my God, it worked. People <laughs> yeah. are walking in. So to start, if you're talking about the very first beginning stages, we didn't do much to actually promote the concept. We knew naturally that that would take off on its own because it's never been done before. Um, as time progressed, um, we definitely were, were heavy into social media and always continuing to keep up with new promotions and exciting ideas for new clientele and how we can continue to bring them in. Mm-hmm. And when we're opening, um, opening, we also, I don't, you probably know that we're very unisex as well. Mm-hmm. So our main drive was actually, we know girls are going to want to come in and get a wax naturally because they're not, they're, they know about waxing, but it's how we're going to market to the gents. So we've done a really good job at doing that mm-hmm. through our design of the wax bar and how we sort of place things on our menu boards and guys were coming in as well too. So it's, it's nice. really exciting. Mm-hmm. So we, we got the, the, the attention that we wanted, just not even from females, but from males and females, which mm-hmm. is really great. So one of the questions that um, I guess we get asked quite a bit at the Gold Zebra is, do you need to have big marketing dollars in order to really market your business? Um, oh, I think depends. it depends. Yeah, yeah, it definitely depends. Because us, we had that in of being the first. We created a buzz like on social media. We had journalists come and, you know, wanted to do uh, editors and things media. on us. Yeah. Because yeah. it was new. But ultimately, it, if you have like a really good hook, then it's yeah. going to be able to help you. And again, you're not having to spend millions of dollars on marketing. Yeah. So. They're like this. 3,000 like hair salon that opens in the city, then yeah, you're going to need, you probably need <laughs> marketing <push>. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. But if you, your concept's really unique, if your voice is really unique, if your brand, like our name buzz is unique enough and, and, and fun enough that people just want to write about that. And like mm-hmm. when they were just interested by that. So there's a couple of different angles we can take to be more interesting than the other hair salon around the corner, you know, but and with that being said, we knew that being the first isn't always going to, it's going to fade like everything yeah. else. Right. So we knew that it was very important that we do get assistance when the time is needed. So about five months into the opening, after the opening of Fuzz, we decided to bring on a really great Toronto based PR agency because we know that not only sometimes it's not, I mean, literally two months after we opened three other wax bars popped up. So we're like, mm-hmm. okay, 
up the momentum of being the industry leaders. So then we took a really great PR agency on board and it was worth the money spent. Like, yeah. did we it's have? A, it's a risk financially for any young business to do that, but we didn't spend any other money on anything else but PR. And for us, that was important PR because beauty magazines and all that stuff. It depends what, what you're selling really, but yeah, it is sure. sometimes to spend the, the money where you need to spend it. And a lot of times for services, you're selling the experience and the brand, right? Because you have to get people into the door somehow and they can't actually experience it unless they come into the door. So So it was a lot of what you just said, like inviting people in for free waxes. And um, also we use like really high quality products at Fuzz too. So it was actually a different product that most people that were uh, regular waxers didn't even know about. We use um, hard wax out of it. Do you think that... Like you two as business partners, was it important to have each other to start the business? Like, do you think that you would have been able to without having a business partner? Or tell me a little bit about. Uh, well, not having one thing is not having any background in business or aesthetic. It was definitely a relief. I know both, of, both of us <laughs> yeah. didn't have any background yeah. experience. So. It was great to be able to talk about it. And, uh, and be on the same level, most yeah. importantly. Like, you know that you both have the same end goal. Mm-hmm. And you bring equal amounts of experience to the table. So that was really great. But also Not only that, different experience, which yeah. is great. Yeah. It's like being different background, different, like we did different work. We had different, we have very different, um, everything, <laughs> but like we bring different things to the business, which is great. That's what you need to find a business partner for is if you're both good, at the same thing, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that it just worked out for Flo and I in terms of our personal attributes, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think that having a business partner for me, I really enjoy it. I think it's great because especially when you're doing something that you're, you don't know about, like it's, mm-hmm. you need that sort of, we've had to talk to each other through a lot of like yeah. hard times and it's great to have that partner to turn to people that sort of go in it on their own. I admire that. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> but I think that a, a business partner definitely makes it a lot easier. To yeah. Make decisions like even down to like our name, you know, it's a risk. You take a risk being called fuzz wax bar. So yeah. we have to talk <laughs> a lot about that and Finding that on our own and, and deciding that on our own is really, I think it's very stressful, very difficult. You're always going to doubt yourself. Yeah, I think another great thing, too, is like having that mechanism to bounce ideas off each other, right? And get that reinforcement and also have somebody to hold you accountable to actually get stuff done. Because as much as you want to be accountable to yourself, like, ultimately, you can be like, well, I'm not going to do that today because I just don't feel like it. And Flo and I, like, our dynamic works so well. Like, we, of course, you have down days where, like, oh, my God, this just isn't working. And it just mm-hmm. so turned out, like, when Flo would have, like, a down day, I'd be like, no, we're doing this. We've come way too far. And then she'd be like, you know what, you're right. And then when I would have my down day where I'm just like, you know what, this is hard, she'd be like, no, no, no we're doing this. So, like, that dynamic alone was, like, it's, it's priceless. It really worked really well for creating mm-hmm. the Fuzz brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's definitely another thing that's important that people hear is that, like, when you're starting your business, you're going to have down days because... I know a lot of times, like in interviews, it'll sound very glamorous starting up your business and it becoming a success, but I like assure you, everybody I've talked to, there's been a lot of like blood, sweat, and tears that go into the business, literally and figuratively, um, before it actually culminates into something successful. So, yeah, yeah. sure. And when Flo was saying earlier, um, we had to sort of do everything ourselves. When you say blood, sweat, and tears, a whole new meaning goes yeah. into that for us because we actually built the like the walls the actual walls on Fudge Queen. yeah our better halves were in there like working night and day sort yeah. of and we painted construction, and construction. Yeah. so we did a lot in order to like cut money uh, cut money dollars and sort of do it all on a budget so mm-hmm. yeah if you're not willing to do that then there's no point <laughs> 
you don't have money, you just, you just got to do that. It's actually a really big treat this time around for fuzz number two to actually have a budget to play with. We're like, okay, we're just going to sit back and sort of delegate a little bit more this time. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to plaster the wall. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really cool to hear though, that you're like, put so much sweat equity again, literally and figuratively into it and pretty much did everything except the waxing, I suppose. <laughs> it's funny too, because, um, because we're not estheticians, we actually had to leave a lot of what we do in the hands of our estheticians. So picking the right staff yeah. when opening was very key to us. And it's, everybody knows that staffing is a very hard part of starting mm. a business. So for Flo and I, especially, like not only did we watch that first client walk in, but then they go into the room with our esthetician, the doors are closed. And then it's like, literally, we've done all we can do. (laughs) No, but we had, we of course had all of our estheticians working and training really hard up until our opening. But it's just a funny little thing. You create this big thing. And then when it comes down to the service you provide, it's like, okay, that's it. We've done what we can do. But again, it's relationship building, right? Like not just with your customers, but also with your coworkers or the people that are working around you. So tell me a little bit more, like a little bit more about sort of how you did your hiring. Um, I'm not sure if you had experience in the past with like hiring and managing staff members that are probably your age or older than you in some cases, but. In some cases. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Um, no, we didn't have any, I, I'd never hired anybody or fired anybody, which no, that's the step never... that you take when you're a new business owner that are really difficult is hiring, firing, um, also judging who you have on staff and who to keep and whatever. Like that's very difficult to find. And it forces you to lo- use a lot of like your own personal attributes, like your intuition. Like I, I noticed that although we didn't have that hiring experience that a lot of other companies have, we did a lot of our hiring based on just general intuition, having conversations aside from what you do daily and like just sort of hiring like people, people, people like ourselves. That's how we were hiring at the beginning, um, we which worked really well, that. which worked really well at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. learn you learn a lot from mistakes too. Like when you're a young entrepreneur, you, you learn when not to repeat and when not to do. So that was always a learning experience until now. Yeah, I hear that a lot actually these days. Just like really trusting your gut um, when starting out your business and almost having like a sixth sense of like being able to read if you are vibrating at the same frequency as somebody else. Um, it's huge. I can tell you as how much I do that in my day to day business life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is it's risky. You want to try and explain somebody, like, trust me, I just, like, know, and they're just kind of like, well, really? Yeah. And you're yeah. like, just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> Flo and I trust each other's intuition, and that's also worked really well for us, though. So. Yeah, trust is definitely a huge thing in business, for sure. Um, so tell me, like, what do you think some of the key things are that has really made your um, wax bar successful so far? Um, I think to be very dedicated to what we do and doing one thing, um, being very professional at it and hiring people that are very professional. Um, and I don't know, uh, our membership for sure. That was a big seller. Uh, we have around 700 members today, so Whoa. that's what makes yeah. our business. That's huge business. for like yeah. one wax bar. Yeah. Over yeah. 700 members that come constantly. Like yeah. they are routinely coming in for a wax, which is brilliant. Cause we're like, yay, everyone's waxing regularly, but definitely our business model is a yeah. huge, it's been a lot of the base success of fuzz wax bar. Mm-hmm. And again, stressing that whole being the first to, to market was huge for us. Mm-hmm. So that along with, um, being in a great location, that's yeah. also very great. Yeah. We're in a really good, um, traffic based area in Toronto. So 
that does everything when you open a first business. Location is huge. Yeah. That's why marketing doesn't need to be huge sometimes. If you're located where you should be, then you know, people just see you and like yeah. you. And if you have like an appealing brand and concept, yeah. then they'll want to walk in the door. Where do you two find your inspiration for sort of both business and your everyday life? Well, I think we find our inspiration by talking to each other about our, our the big picture. We, we have mm-hmm. huge plans for Fuzz, and we're just getting started. Um, had great success in our first year, and we're super excited in our second year to be opening up our second location. But we're not stopping there. So by chatting mm-hmm. daily on our, on what our long term goals are, um, and I think we both value friends and family equally as much. So taking time for ourselves and spending time with the people that matter. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I do a lot of yoga, and I spend a lot of me time doing what I like, and then flow. Travel. Travel. We're both big travelers. That's the huge benefit to a business partner, actually. Yeah, that's another one. Um, we can't stress that. <laughs> yeah. it, it's about the, the kind of lifestyle that you want to work. If there's one person, it's going to be a lot harder to sort of pull yourself out of the daily grind than if there is two people where you can sort of split the work and split the time, which has been great for us because yeah. we still get a chance to get away and enjoy ourselves. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about work-life balance for you. Like, is there work-life balance in your lives? Do you find that you're able to balance you're constantly thinking about yeah. your, your product and your brand 100% like every single day. However, that stress of thinking about your brand doesn't have to be a negative thing, which yeah. is I think what we've worked really hard to achieve. Like it's not daily stresses where I'm stressing out about my wax bar. I'm not there, but what's going on at the wax bar? Mm-hmm. We've created a brand that's very self-sufficient, which we sh- we're very proud of. And it allows us to, when we step out, we can fully step out. Also which, technology is, is oh, yeah, great. Like like we, can, we can work literally on our store from like you can go back home in France and work from there. Like it can be all the time, but that's, that's how, um, technology has allowed us to really take some time for ourselves and not being stressed about it. We're of course talking about the back end, not the front yeah, line, yeah, yeah. The, the, the back end and growing the business and all that stuff. Like that's important to be able to step away and we're able to do that because of technology. Yeah. And I think a lot of people say that they find like their most creative moments in times that they're like traveling or on their vacations or relaxation time. Right. That's the biggest inspiration yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's where you find, I mean, that's where we saw the wax bar concepts, you know, that's because we're travelers. So. so in terms of starting um, for other audience members who are looking to start their own small businesses that hopefully turn global in the future, um, what would be kind of three tips that you would have you can either answer together or separately in terms think- of starting a business? Definitely keeping your eye on the big picture. I think that's very important. It's very key. Uh, never losing sight as much as you're going to have those hard times. Always focusing on where you want to be and how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding ways to motivate yourself to get to that point. Um, I think um, one of the things we're thinking about is really when you think you're stuck, you're not stuck. So ask, asking the right questions, getting help from people. Don't stay in your corner and feel like you're by yourself doing this. There's always people ready to help. Um, advice financially all this stuff like you're never alone you know there's a lot of ways to be helped grants there's a lot of organizations out there that can help people business coaches even your your friends and family like sometimes that's all you need is that little bit of motivation when you Mm -hmm. tell your friend or family the concept and they're just as equally excited as you Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be like someone with entrepreneurial experience it could just be the people that are surrounding you every day that just kind of gets you excited because they're excited so that feeding off each other is very important Mm -hmm. Flo and I really found just further to her point that all it takes is that one question we were actually really surprised at the amount of help that we got just from asking and talking to people um it blew us out of the water and we were really excited about it um so we had a lot of coaching in that sense Mm -hmm. um another one would just be I don't know I think we talked about this a little bit but taking time to do your research I don't think that you could do enough research. I think the amount of hours that we mm-hmm. spend um, 
really knowing our market, especially because it wasn't our strong points and the backgrounds that we were coming from, really paid off for Fuzz Wax Bar. Yeah. Um, and creating, a, creating something that's different in that sense also. Researching to create something that's different than what already exists. Yeah. Whether you're doing something that already exists or not, it's just creating a brand that's strong enough. And that takes time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me what's next for you guys besides starting your second or launching, sorry, your second wax bar. What's sort of your global domination plans? <laughs> Just said yeah. it, global domination. Um, we're, we're definitely looking to further expand. Uh, again, we're creating not, not only that ultimate community waxing experience for our walk-ins, but for our members. It's important for us to expand to accommodate them because, like you said, Queen Street is our smallest location. So we're we're constantly, it's on our mind to expand. So Flo and I are looking into our third location and mm-hmm. our fourth location. But uh, with that aside, we also have little smaller projects that we're working on, like product development and super fun things that we've, we actually have a little bit of time to focus on now. So the, I guess the very last question I have um, for you too is a question I ask quite a few of the young entrepreneurs, but what would you tell sort of the 21-year-old version of yourself in terms of business and life? I think for me, it's definitely... Stay passionate about what you're doing um, and, and have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. There's moments where you find yourself having to be in this like business mentality, but I, I personally feel like you can still do that with um, a really fun and open mind. So just sort of having fun and enjoying yourself and don't take yourself too seriously. That's mm-hmm. that's for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know, very similar. <laughs> <You're> both- <laughs> no, I'm thinking um, just don't worry so much. I mean, 21 is really young. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. When I was 21, I was studying marketing and communication. Oh God, you're making us feel old. We're not that old. No, but I mean, that's what I mean. I'm not old, but yet I was having a completely different life. Um, mm. Communication, marketing. Went to the movies and then now I'm an entrepreneur. Like, don't don't worry about the future. Like, you'll know what you have to do when you have to do it. That's great. Thank you so much, you guys. Um, I just wrote down a couple notes, I guess, I kind of have five things um, to summarize some of the key points that we talked about today. So one of them is definitely to maintain your passion for your craft and kind of follow where your passions lie. Uh, Second, do your research. You can never do enough research. So important to make sure that you're ensuring that the market you're trying to enter into is going to be a good one. And so it can facilitate your success. Um, Don't be afraid to make the ask. So ask lots of questions. Don't feel bad about doing it because people genuinely want to help other people. Um, I guess fourth is stay true to your brand and niche. So really try and stay focused on what you're doing best again and what you're most passionate about or else if you have all these other side projects and stuff, they're just going to distract from your ultimate vision. Um, And lastly, try and be different or unique or first to market because that's really going to help again to promote your company or your concept um, and just having that differentiation factor is key to really excelling, whether it be in a niche market or kind of a global domination. So, yeah. You, you, you nailed it. Yeah. You were just Sweet. making three points. You're good. You were You're listening. Good. <laughs> I was. <laughs> now I need to go and get a wax. <laughs> I will bring the wax bar to Vancouver <laughs> Have a laugh. <laughs> yeah. We're all There's to no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be so funny. Um, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy schedules to mm-hmm. chat with me today. So if you have questions um, for Flo or Jesse or Florence and Jessica, um, well, we'll make sure to put them down um, through your Facebook profile on our comment section. Um, and I can either forward them to your guys' rep or 
see if we can get kind of a conversation going um, with the audience. So, oh, that'd be fun. Awesome.